I Got the Hell Out does contain explicit content that might not be suitable for some listeners, such as children, those that easily get offended, and we do recommend that listeners at work put your earbuds in if you have co-workers around. And if you like the show, please spread the word by telling as many people as you can. We'd also appreciate if you would subscribe, rate, hopefully with five stars, and review the podcast on iTunes. You can find us there as well as on Stitcher and Overcast. You can follow us on Twitter at WasInACult, on Facebook at I Got the Hell Out, and on Instagram at I Got the Hell Out with an underscore after each word. You can contact us through our website at IGotTheHellOut.com. Hi, this is Debbie. And this is Laura. And, and this is I Got, got the, the Hell Out. Okay, first of all, like we had a miracle here. Because we thought we lost the episode that is supposed to drop tonight, which is technically episode 11. Well, right? we didn't actually lose it. it we it, lost the volume. The volume doesn't play. Well, if you don't, it's, it, it's a podcast. If you don't have volume, you have shit. Exactly. So we lost, we almost lost the episode. Um, but my wonderful son is here. He's our surprised very first guest. And he was and able. And he found. He found a way found to save it. it. Yeah. yeah. He saved it for us. Great job, son. Great job. Um, we now have an I Hate Coconut Club. Yes, we do. Within our that, Facebook group. Yes, and I am the president of the I Hate Coconut Club. Really? Yes. And uh, I was thinking about like coconut products, and you know what's really gross? I've never had them, but I don't understand them. Or like Almond Joy and Mounds. That's one of my son's favorite candy Sorry, bars. Jesse. He and I can chat about that later when I interview him. But what the hell? That's not candy. That's it disgusting. Is. That was one of my biggest sellers at the cult whenever I was making candy, especially during feast time. That's one of the one things that so people gross. would order to take pounds of back. Pounds of mounds, baby. Pounds oh. of mounds. No, I'm sorry, but no, I hate coconut club. But it smells good. No, it doesn't. Suntan lotion. Well, yeah, that's what you think of. I don't think of drinking it. it coconut milk, coconut water. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Um, we would really like to thank the guys from the Who's Right podcast. Yes, they have been doing some, like, I guess artwork, I guess is the right word. Yeah, you've been posting that, I think, on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's two different there's ones. There's two different ones that they've done, and it is really cool, and they're really hysterical. So we just wanted to give those guys... Um, the podcast is called Who's Right Podcast, and it's basically just them bullshitting about... Dark humor, dark humor. Um, I don't even know how they found us, but um, there's what a couple minute clip on their latest episode yeah. that they're talking about us. Yeah. So hey, and thanks, it was guys. Really cool guys. Even though they like totally bashed the audio of ours. Well, only the but first rightly two. So, but rightly so because it sucked. Well, our first two episodes sucked, but we didn't know what the hell we were doing, and we just keep trying to get better. We actually had two microphones for today, but we decided to say screw it because we couldn't figure it out and you could only hear the one microphone only played on one side. I think you it said the like left side. It was like a half fast. It was, yeah. So hopefully we're going to have that figured out for the next episode. Um, I think we're on to culty corrections and updates. Yes. What do you have? I spoke to an ex-member that has been out for about three, a little more than three years and they remember... Um, attending that mustard gold feast. Oh, the, what was it? The, um, the polished shaft. The pimp suit. Yeah, the pimp suit. Okay. Seriously. And he said that they were, you know, all joyous. They're, they've all been perfected. The leaders proclaiming that they're all going to heaven. Okay. okay. Well, the next feast rolled around and, um, 
the, here's the correction. I thought that the pictures I had seen were different feasts and that they were all still gold. Oh, gotcha. Well, this guy spent probably around $600 on a new talit, on a new kippa. They had... They all were gold. Sell, yeah, and they were okay. selling... They were selling slacks and shirts and they were taking orders they were buying um white like if a guy what 32 32 pants and whatever however you gotta buy shirts right and they would dye it well you're talking about they you. dyed shoes that you they bought used shoes and they dyed them yes they okay. did well they spray painted what? those whatever but they were used and you're not supposed to wear used clothing exactly. blah blah exactly blah. okay and he said that the next feast they were proclaimed purple because purple is the color of royalty. It's also we want to make more money. He spent another close to six hundred dollars oh buying the shirt, the pants, the tally, the whole nine yards, and he got fed up before the next one. And he he gave me an actual quote. Um, he could not remember why the leaders called the polished shaft. <laughs> like, that was my initial question to him. Why was okay. he called the polished shaft? And this guy is hysterical. And he said that he had no idea in the world or couldn't remember, but if you added some Vaseline to the polished no. shaft and stick it up someone's ass, he said no. that fits the leader to a T. He is the polished shaft, except he didn't give him any Vaseline. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if anybody out there there's an ex-member that um, remembers why he's the polished shaft, can you please let me know? Okay. Anything else on that guy? <laughs> no, that's he. He was he was a hoot to talk to for a few moments, and he just went oh all off God. on it. And he's happy to be out. He was he was in for twenty years. How long has he been out? About three. Okay. So, but just like everybody else, you forget so much stuff. Right. And when you get reminded of it, you're like, oh yeah, that's why. So I'm really hoping someone can. Um, Tell us why he is the polished shaft. <laughs> I, I just giggle about this all week oh, long. Yeah, you and me both. And since um, this ep episode here is going to be out on... Well, um, around St. Patrick's Day. Well, St. Patrick's Day, ish. something like St. that. St. Patrick's Day-ish. Um, we have a recipe for the leprechaun lynch. And very simple. Green Kool-Aid and scotch. Bingo. You won't find me drinking it because I don't like scotch. I'll drink it. I'll give you mine. <laughs> just like the drinks that you don't like, you give to me. The coconut bullshit drinks. And then the stuff we both don't like, we'll give to our assistant Marie, like the clang, clang, clang in the jello bowl that day. Oh, that was so... She was going to town <laughs> on it. Oh, my gosh. And she was, like, really looped by the time we drove home that night. It oh, was I bet funny. she was. It was all funny as all get out. So, um... With that, I think we're going to um, my son. Yep, we're going to cut here for a second. Well, Anything you no, want to say before um, We're going to cut here in a minute when I'm done. Um, we're not allowed to... Well, not allowed. Laura won't let me be unprofessional and have three of us on the mic, even no, though... No, three of us on one mic. Jeez, no. Well... Even Jesse and Marie are trying to explain it to me. I don't understand it, so I will try my best to be Marie today and keep my mouth shut. Yes. And you may see me frantically waving at you. No, I'm not allowed to do that either. No, because I'm just asking the question. He's answering. <sighs> yeah, but I, you yeah. know me. I just love to add I stuff. I know. I know. How about when we're done with the interview, you can add, you can sit there and make notes. And you okay. can add whatever the hell you want to add. How's that? That'll be just fine. Um, I just would like to say my son was born there. He had no choice in the matter. 
He was born with a different name than Jesse because I was not allowed to name my children. That came from the leaders and the higher-ups. And without any further ado, we're going to take a break so you can ask my sons about... Um, he's known as Cult Baby, and we did post the picture. But the, the, it was a Hellbop. The Hellbop. Yeah, the hashtag uh, Cult Hell Baby, Baby. Oh, and yeah. there's a bunch of them. And Maybe we'll post it again. We're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, um, I hope you all enjoy my son and his insight into being born there. Okay, we will be right back. Bye, guys. Okay, so like we said, this is um, this episode's going to be a little unique because we have Debbie's son, Jesse, here um, that I'm going to talk to. And the first thing I wanted to say is thank you so much for being here, Jesse. And like, I know at times some of these questions might get difficult. Um, so if you ever want to stop or pause or whatever, just let me know. Yeah, it's no okay? problem. And Debbie, over there, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Pretend to be Marie. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So Jesse, so how old are you? Um, 21. I'll be 22 this year. Okay. What is your earliest memory of the cult? Um, I would say my earliest memories are in the double wide trailer we used to live in, which would be my second home. But, um, the earliest memories of the cult would just be sitting during services because they always felt like they were seven hours long. <laughs> And how old were you roughly? Do you? Uh, my first memories in there, I was probably three or four. Okay. And what do you remember from the services other than, uh, just... other than them dragging on? What else? Um, I always remember um, kind of sitting there with the other kids and we would just kind of try and goof off as much as possible without the older parents noticing, you know? Now, kind of doing kid stuff. Were you, was it like separated, like the kids were in one section, or were you with your parents, the, or did it depend on the age? The kids could sit with parents, but usually the younger ones were grouped together just, I guess, to in the back to, I okay. guess, not distract people because they knew they would fidget around. and. Okay, now did they have some kind of... Because I know like some churches will have like a kid's Bible study or a kid's whatever. Did they have that for the kids there? Yeah. Um, I think it was called Sabbath school. And you just went into, uh, a, it was like a back room kind of in the main building. Okay. And I only remember going there a little bit because it was usually for like the kids that were starting to get older, you know, it's like seven to, oh, okay. you know, teenagers, stuff like that. So I was just starting to get into it whenever my parents split. Okay. Um, so tell us, what was a basic day like there for kids? Like, did you, like, when you woke up, did you guys have chores or was it, like, what was a basic day like? Um, I was... A little young to be doing chores and we didn't work or we didn't live on the main um the main property we had our own little property at least so um i didn't do anything like that but there were a lot of kids that did work in the uh in the farms and stuff okay. that were on so the i think property. your mom was saying something like once they turned six or something like that they went to work with their parents does that sound right or you don't remember? I don't remember that much just because I wasn't made to do that. Okay. Okay. Um, what were some of the things you had to wear? Um, I know, like, I mean, I'm sure you probably weren't old enough to, like, notice some of the slow changes like your mom was talking about. What are, like, some of the clothing things that you can remember? We had to wear yarmulkes whenever we went to the um, services, but we called them kippas for some reason. I don't know why. Um, 
other than that, uh, the women wore the scarves. Um, after my mother left, they started wearing the scarves around their faces, and okay. then the sleeves started getting longer, and the the skirts started getting, you know, no ankles even. Okay. And then they even got into separating the men and women during services. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I know we, we did an episode like on the clothing. And when I was looking through one of the pamphlets, it said the kids were not allowed to wear shorts. Mm, I don't remember ever ha being able to wear shorts in the main building, which I would have liked to because it was always hot. Okay. Just hot. Either so that like, or it was freezing. Okay. So you had to wear like... Like jeans or yeah. whatever. Okay. Usually jeans. I, either that or khakis, maybe. Okay, so you mentioned that you remembered some of the things from the services. Um, do you remember anything from any of the feasts? Yeah, um, they had like a playground area. So a lot of times, most of the kids would be there um, basically all day because, you know, we, we lived there during the uh, feasts in okay. the trailers that were on the grounds. Okay, and how much did the kids have to participate in the feasts? Um, I don't think it was that much. It was mostly just having to sit through all the services. Which dragged on and yeah. on and on. Yeah. Do you have any good memories from there? Um, Maybe just being around the other kids that were there because I know, you know, I was raised with, my best friend Levi, who him and I were born months apart, and mm -hmm. we had been raised together since before we could crawl. Okay. So, I mean, there's that, but I mean, after everything that happened, him and I don't even talk anymore. I was just going to you know? ask you that if you're still in contact no, with him. No, I don't really talk to anyone from there anymore. I mean, I was, I guess, so young and didn't really think to keep in contact with them. Yeah, I guess at that age, you're starting yeah. to think of those things until later on and everyone's scattered. Right. Yeah. Um, what is the craziest memory you have from there? Oh. If you can narrow it down to one. Or if you have more than one, go for it. Um, that's a tough one. I think it would have to be like just the medical injuries that people would would use their home remedies for instead of going to actually see a doctor and get taken care of like that. Do you have any specific instance that you can think of? Um, my little brother uh, actually had a spider bite on his face and it would fill up with pus and you'd have to squeeze it, you know. And my father would just put honey on it whenever he was visiting and he came back from a weekend and it had spread all across his face. Um, he ended up, my mother took him to the hospital because we always had to wait till we came back from a visit to get to the hospital. And what do you mean you had to wait till you had to come? What, what do you mean um, by a visit? My mother had, uh, custody over us, but we still had to oh, visit okay. dad I, on okay. weekends, you I know, see what you're saying now. so whenever he came back, it was so big that mom took him to the hospital. It took a couple doctors to hold him down and they had to scrape his face oh open my God. and scrape the pus out instead of my father just, you know, popping it and scraping that little bit. It right. spread that much. Holy hell. Cause he just wanted to put honey on it. Okay. And obviously no doctor. Okay. Do you remember any other medical things um, that should have should have been taken to a doctor? 
there was twice the two separate instances that I smacked my head so hard that I really should have been taken to a hospital. Um, like the for first, a concussion, maybe. Oh yeah. Um, the first one, I was so young, I don't even remember it. Whether it has to do with the fact that I hit my head or not, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, my we had a pool, and my my father would throw us up, you know, into the air, mm-hmm. and we'd land in the pool because right. we were so small. He could do that, and it was fun or whatever. And he uh, he threw up my little brother, and my little brother came and smacked me right in the face in the pool. Oh. And I'm pretty sure my mom has pictures of it, but um, I can't remember for sure right now. Um, but yeah, it, uh, I actually have a crack in my skull that you can feel. And uh, the other time was uh, after they had divorced, um, we went to a service during one of my dad's visitations. And they ma- started making us wear slippers at that point. And the metal chairs, um, were the folding chairs, the metal folding okay. chairs were the ones that you had to sit in. Um, and I had my little, you know, little kids have the big poofy coats. Right. So me being really cold and a little kid, I sucked up my legs into the coat and I sucked up my arms into the coat and okay. wearing slippers in that coat oh, on the no. metal chair, concrete floor. I started falling forward, couldn't stop oh, myself. shit. I landed face first right on my eyebrow, like where that would be. Which should be like an ER visit. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a Saturday, so I saw. I went back to my mother's on Monday, I'm pretty sure. Um, and she took me to the hospital, and they said that there really wasn't anything they could do. Something. Um, there was no evidence of a concussion or anything like that but still it was i I had headaches for weeks after that and and i mean it should have right away you should have gone to the er right the bruise ended up being like green yellow and and yeah like it was obvious that it was more than just Just a little bob on the head right right oh my god uh did you ever think you might have been too young when you were there but did you ever think like this is bullshit while oh, you yeah. were there, while you were there, um, not until I started getting older and got to live outside of that world. Like whenever you grow you up mean? and that's all okay. you know, like oh right, you, you don't even think that it could be different. And because after, there's nothing to compare it to, right? Okay. And just growing up in that environment, it's uh, and it was just like weird to start public school, um after being homeschooled like that because the state I lived in the the regulations for homeschooling you could basically just sit your kids in front of the TV and tell them that that was your schooling and there was no checking up like because I know like in some states I mean I think most states now like you have to fill out paperwork and show them what you're teaching the kids this was just kind of like Right. It, it was just kind of like you told the state this is my business this is how I want my t- kids to be taught. And it was kind of like they had no say. Right. Wow. Now, how? when did you start to go to public school? How I started going to public school after my parents just got divorced. I was about to turn seven. Um, the My mother took me to an IQ test because she didn't really know how much I had retained, I guess. And, and then uh, they put me into second grade because I was too young for third grade. Um, I was born right at the cutoff because I was born in August. But um, 
it was just kind of weird to see how many kids there were there and how different they acted than I did. And and what about like the structure of the day? Um, how did that? Was that? I bet that was shocking. Like having like yeah. you know what I'm saying like like different periods of or whatever. Yeah, however. because I was used to not having to do much in my usual weekday because I was again air quotes around homeschooled. Um, <laughs> I basically I just remember you know going outside to play whenever I wanted or sitting and watching TV all day if I wanted and you know I. As a kid, I would say that I really liked it. It was a fun childhood because I basically got to do what I wanted. And what kid wouldn't love that? Right. <laughs> um, do you remember like any difficulties you had with that transition from homeschool to public school? Oh, yeah. Um, the teachers could, they, they really, like my second and third grade teachers especially, um, paid a lot more attention to me, it seemed, than other kids. Um, okay. I don't know if my mother told them the situation or anything, but, like, in third grade, there was uh, an incident that happened, and um, my third grade teacher helped me after school write a letter to um, a judge about the incident that happened with my father. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you know, shout out to teachers, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, how about the interaction with the kids? I mean, how, was there anything, or was it just kind of like, oh, here's a bunch of kids just like on the playground at the cult? I mean, I can definitely remember being a little bit more secluded from, you know, the recess activities right. and stuff like that. Um, I didn't really know most of the games or anything that they wanted to play, and... Oh, I never thought of that because I yeah. guess you didn't play like tag or whatever. The I wasn't is. growing up with other kids that were playing that game or whatever, you know, like there was tag and stuff, but there wasn't, you know, dodgeball. There wasn't okay. line tag across the gym floor. There wasn't, you know, stuff like that. And regular school games, Red Rover, okay. you know, even. Um, I never really played soccer or football or anything like that. And did, how did the kids accept you? I mean, I mean, I know it's always difficult when it, there's a new kid, regardless of where they're coming from. I mean, I'd say it's did, difficult for any kid. Right. But you didn't notice anything like out of the ordinary? Um, I think that at least until we moved from there to where we are now, because after we moved states, it, it like I, I was able to take everything that I had figured out from, you know, growing up so far because I, I was about to turn 12. Um, it, it was a lot easier to fit in once I was used to being around Kids what you would were... call the social norm. And like actual schooling. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I would say that you know, second through my first year of sixth grade, because I repeated whenever we moved. Um, second through sixth grade was, it was, I felt like the, they never really accepted me. Okay. But a lot, there were a few kids that, you know, would be lifelong friends if I was still down there. Okay. And if, you know, Facebook were around back then, maybe, you know. Oh, well, the social media nowadays yeah. makes it so much easier oh, yeah. to stay in touch with people. 
Now, do you remember leaving the cult? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do how, remember. How did that go down? Um, I remember it being, at first, like, as much as they tried to hide it, I was just at the age where I was starting to notice things around the house, like behavior from my parents and stuff like that. Like so, what, if you can give an example? Um, Like... The way that my my dad would act around my mom towards the end of their marriage, I would say, um, he definitely started to get a lot more distant towards me and my little brother, and I could see more aggression, and not that I knew what it was back then. You just knew something was off. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, especially after he started getting a little bit physical and never really to, uh, I don't want to say it wasn't bad because it was for a kid, but it, it wasn't to a point where he was, you know, hitting me all the time and stuff like that. Okay. But still, I mean, there was the one time that he pushed my mother off the porch and the porch was, you know, five, six feet off the ground. That probably scared the hell out of you. Yeah. As a kid. Okay. So what, when you actually left, do you... I mean, did you just kind of like, did you guys just pack up your things and leave? Or did you um, kind of, was it like an escape? Or like, what? how do you remember? Um, I remember my mother telling me the one day that, um, I forget how they explained it. It was so long ago. And I was only six, about to turn seven. But um, basically that they weren't going to be living together anymore. And that uh, I was going to be living my brother and I were going to be living with our mother while dad stayed and lived. Um, and we would visit him. He would stay and live at the property where we were living on okay. while we moved. But uh, I was kind of the golden child at that point because after we moved, dad would uh, ask me, so what's your mother doing uh, all the time and this and that, and you know. Oh, trying to like get feelers and yeah. get some info. Okay. Um, and as that went on, um, I started to notice that if I told him that she was, you know, going out with a friend or had plans to go somewhere, oh, well, I'm sorry, I can't get you guys this weekend. Oh, because he just wanted to like totally To mess with, with her, her plans, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. So did you learn to not say that? Yeah. And after a while, he started asking my little brother. And because of that, my, my little brother was two and a half years younger than me. And, you know, I'm seven, eight years that's, old. That's still young to be, exactly. like, dealing with this crap. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, for you to even catch on that your dad was pulling that is amazing as a seven-year-old. I mean, I start, or I stopped wanting to go after I turned about nine. And when I stopped wanting to go is whenever he started spending all the money on getting a miniature four-wheeler. My brother got a, 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 bla- or a, a chocolate lab just for going to see him. He got his own cell phone. He got his own Alienware laptop, which is an expensive brand. Just because he was going to see him? Yeah, because I wasn't. Oh, so it was kind of like he was bribing and him. And every time okay. he came back, he would come back with stories of what he got. And, Your younger and, brother. And, yeah, okay. and he would end with, and dad said you could get it, get one too if you come. Oh, man, what a bribe. And that's what uh, really started to put a wedge between my brother and I, I think, because he just, he, he wanted to. He wanted to drive that wedge in there. 
Your dad, you mean? Yeah. Now, do you have any good memories at all of your dad, or were you too young? Really, really... the only good memories I have are whenever I was, you know, it, it, it wasn't to the point that my mom was going to leave yet. You know, she, it was the point where she was still trying to convince him to go with her, and he was still being nice. Okay. And, but not really, no. Okay, now, I think I probably know the answer to this, but have you had any recent contact with your dad? The most recent would be the letter I got from him whenever I went to rehab. And it was... The beginning started off, you know, kind of nice and seemed genuine. But, you know, after the first paragraph in the letter, it was all about how he did what he did for us, which is the same BS that he gave us all the time. Okay. So really the letter was just him, like, the it same It was basically attention. Okay. It was trying to get attention, I feel like. Okay. Did you respond to the letter? No. Or just like, the hell with this? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't even respond. Okay. Now, you were saying that your dad drew this, kind of put a wedge between you and your brother. Before all that happened, what was your relationship like with your brother? Um, it was pretty good. I mean, even at two and a half years old, I really was, I, I really liked uh, helping take care of kids. Okay. And especially babies. You know, I don't know why, but I, it's just something I like to do. And, like, my mom even has pictures of me feeding my brother with a bottle, you okay. know? So, like, you just, like, took to him right away. Right. Okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, we were really close at first because, you know, we weren't socially active around other kids most of the time, so it was only us two. Uh, we were basically our own best friends at most of the time. Okay. Now, have you, are you still in touch with him, or did your dad drive that wedge so deeply that you guys don't talk anymore like what's the relationship like um a couple years after we moved from the state um he decided to move back with dad and after he heard that well at that point we weren't really close but the last night that he was here um before he moved with dad we had a really good time and because we were really good brothers, right. uh, you know, most of the time. It was just whenever he went to dad's and came back that he was snobby and acted like that. And Do you think that's what drew him back? Or do you have any idea what drew him back? No, there was a lot of, um, a lot of outside influence at the time because of the way he was getting treated at school and stuff. There was a lot of bullying. Okay. Oh, okay. But, um... What... What was the reaction, or say, what is the reaction you get when you tell people that you were born into a cult? It's kind of usually disbelief at first. Okay. Kind of like, there's no way. And then I, I tell them my real name, and, you know, a lot of times I have to show them my driver's license or my ID. To, that has your yeah. real name on it. Oh, my God. Okay. Like, are they like, tell me about this, or are they just like, what the hell? What? A lot of people... I feel are they they feel awkward asking me anything about it. Okay. Just because it's my personal life, I guess. But there are some people that kind of try and delve in and I have no problem with it most of the time, you know. It really it's just who it is. It depends on who I'm telling. Right. Okay. 
Um, so, okay, I guess that you're still, because you said that you're not in touch with your brother. Are you in touch? I guess you're not able to be in touch with anybody that's still there. Um, how about people that have left? Um, I think I said earlier, I never really kept in touch with people, okay. even the best friend that I grew up with the in diapers, you know, I'm so friends with them on Facebook, but we don't talk because there's really nothing for us talk to talk about. about. Yeah. I guess you were like, you said in diapers. So what are you going to yeah. talk about? Okay. Um, now there are a couple questions here. One, um, is from your mom's friend, Tony. She wanted to know how has this affected your overall life? I would say it's definitely given me um, a different perspective on things than most people, um, especially growing up. Like I said, I was, you know, socially I was um, kind of, oh, what was the word I used? I was kind of separated from most of the kids. I was pushed out. I was alienated kind okay. of. And, you know, eventually I started looking at how other people behaved and kind of copying that. And that's kind of why I like psychology and sociology so much. Just like how the mind works and yeah. how how all of this could happen and happened and whatever. And patterns in people's behavior and stuff like that, especially, you know, telling them stuff like this, seeing how people react. The reactions, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, your mom once, she wanted me to ask you, if there's anything that she could have done differently or better to kind of, I guess, lessen the impact maybe that the cult had on you? Um, I don't think there would be anything besides getting out earlier, you know. But, I mean, I know why she tried. She tried to get my dad to come along with her, but that didn't happen. I mean, after he got his second wife, that was kind of the last flag okay that was it okay now is there anything else that you'd like to add that i didn't ask or that you would want to say um not really that i can think of i mean i think the the biggest thing that i can remember about the whole place would just be that the longer that i was there and the more time that passed, the the less that it seemed like the people there were actually religious and the more that it seemed like they were being controlled. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was more, you, you could kind of sense it was like this mind game kind of thing? I mean, at first, it, I mean, I think my mom explained it before that whenever she first got there, it was actually fun kind of you know it was like social gatherings around a campfire type thing I don't know I wasn't there but um whenever I was there it, it did seem like an actual religious thing like you would go to a church or you know a, a synagogue maybe or whatever mm -hmm. type service you go to but it it started getting more and more strict and a lot more restrictions. Like I said, the women and men were separated and the women had to be clothed and covered up more and more. And I don't, I don't know what they've done since I've stopped going, but it's probably gotten even worse. Okay. 
in that aspect. Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing the story. I really appreciate it. And I know the listeners are, I mean, cause they, we mentioned it, I think one time and they were just asking when they were going to hear from you. So thank <laughs> you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, if there's any more questions or anything, I could appear again, maybe. Cool. That would be awesome. And I, I know once this episode comes out, fa- usually Facebook is where people ask a lot of questions. So yeah. we'll just like keep a list and maybe we'll have you back on. That'd be awesome. Right. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. No problem, guys. Hi, it's Debbie. I'm back. I'm finally allowed to You're talk. You're back. And you did a great job I, talking in the background. I managed to do very well. I did not say one darn thing. <laughs> and your son did a great job. Thank you. Thank you he very much, Jesse. Good, oh Thank you. Oh, my God. You. Yes, he did such a great job. And like he was saying, if people have more questions, you know, we can get him to answer them. Maybe later on down the line, have him on again. We can do that. Um, as I was sitting there being very, very, very quiet. Writing down questions and comments, right? Well, I just wanted to give some clarity on a couple of oh, things. Cool. Okay. Um, my youngest son, he had gotten a spider bite on his chin. Oh, this is the honey story. Yes. Okay. And they don't believe in doctors out there. Um, that's why Jesse was saying about all of the injuries that he had, and he would have to wait till he got back to my house if it, on the weekend visits okay. with his dad. Okay. Court-ordered bullshit. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And, uh, of course, Kenny knows better, and honey cures everything. And by the time my youngest son got back to me, he had 103 fever. Oh, my God. His chin was puffed out. You could see that the infection, like the, yeah. the infection was halfway up his, up to his eyeball in Holy his chin, shit. up in his cheek. I mean, it, did it, it didn't get to the eye, did it? No, you could tell he was, he was crying. He was uncomfortable. And this is six o'clock. Kenny would bring the kids back at exactly and six what, o'clock. What did he have to say as he saw this like? deformity on your son's face like was he just like i used honey maybe if you were more of a righteous woman this wouldn't be happening are to him. you kidding me How he used that no. he used that righteous bullshit oh yeah uh, of course i caused everything bad that happens to me and happens to my kids people can't see anyway i could tell it was really bad and he was flushed red with fever and we were at the emergency room by quarter after six the emergency room referred us to the wound care center. Oh, damn. And if you don't know what a wound care center is, look it up. It's pretty serious. Like, so they're referring you to a burn unit. I was going to okay? say, that's like where they debreed, uh, like they clean out like yeah, serious wounds. Serious wounds. And like pack them and whatever. We were there by 630 because it was very close also. And it took four people to... Hold my son down. Oh no! While they injected his the the site with Novocaine, and they were going to lance it. It was so swollen with pus that the bottom crustacean off of his chin it it, it just shot off, and they kept taking their finger and running it down his face in just tablespoons upon tablespoons oh. of this liquid oh. kept coming out. And the sad part was we had to go back. Every other day for three weeks for this to be done to him. When it could have been taken care of. Oh, like- my! It, it, it was so bad that somebody either at the hospital or at the wound care center called CPS on me. 
I was visited by CPS and I talked on an earlier episode about how I helped CPS out and that's how I actually got acquainted with CPS. They sent a caseworker to my house wanting to know why I waited so long before bringing the child in. And when I showed the caseworker that it was the father's weekend, I had provided him with instructions and Neosporin. Kenny, all he simply had to do was was take a wash rag, hold it onto the scab at the bottom of the chin until it got soft, kind of use the wash rag to take it away, and you squeeze it a little bit, and you get the... And then put Neosporin on it. You put Neosporin on it, and you leave it exposed. Well, he put honey on it anyway. Um, yeah, I was, I don't know what happened when CPS, I was a, when they investigated him, but I was cleared of everything okay, because good. I got my child back at six. Okay. We were in the emergency room at six fifteen. We were at the wound care center by six thirty, And I have no idea what, I, cause they couldn't tell me, uh, what their end of the investigation was with investigating Kenny and his new wife. Oh, okay. So, but my children were still forced to go there. Anyway, I'm going to go on to my next point here. Okay. Homeschooling. Okay. My son kind of made it sound like he could latte dad do whatever all day. He made it sound like you weren't doing anything with him there. Well, we had a computer. Okay. And we had a lot of learning games. Okay. And, you know, match the color and the ABCs. And he really was learning. And so was his younger brother. We did not do a lot of writing or spelling. There were not a lot of written pages. And what written pages he did have would be like math. I would make up math problems. Now, here's where he was saying he could do what he wanted because... Jesse, you're in trouble. He did have to do like this math paper. Okay. But I, he could sit and stare out the window for a half an hour, turn around, do one problem, and stare out the window again. Because eventually I did have to take away the pool, the trampoline, all the fun stuff, until you finished this paper. And he mentioned getting tested. when The school had no idea what grade to put him in. Now, when I had him tested, he tested fifth grade in science because I love science, I love outdoors, I love experiments. Okay. And he tested fifth grade plus for science because that's something we did. Now, handwriting and spelling, he was like middle end of kindergarten range. Oh, my gosh. And he's seven years old going into second grade. So did they put him in second or? They did put him in second. Um, He did mention the teachers took an interest in him. The entire town knows if your last name, you're in the cult. Okay. And I did talk to some of his teachers about him coming out, problems that they might have with him, uh, contact me if anything comes up. And in leaving, I forget what Jesse mentioned about leaving there. Oh, I filed for divorce and left. And the only thing I wanted to was be able to move away. And that's why I told you before I got screwed in the divorce. Right, right. And you had to stay in the same area. Right, right, right. And I had planned on moving away. My kids were quite young. And I think they would have had a better future not remembering that place. And he was actually forced to go to services for about two years. And he was forced to go, I think it was either every Wednesday or Thursday night from 6 to 8. And then it was every other weekend 
And then if there was a fifth weekend, he got the fifth weekend, certain holidays, things like that. And I think it really took a toll on him mentally, especially when he was mentioning how his dad would treat him different. And at one point, he refused to go. And Kenny said, fine, if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. And that's when he started buying the younger brother things to make him jealous. Right. And he really didn't care. And I guess that really pissed Kenny off. And as I've mentioned, he liked to take me to court for things. So he decided to take me to court for lack of presenting my son to him. What? Meanwhile, I'm a pretty smart cookie. And he was out. Is that really such a thing? Oh, yeah. He can claim. Really? Yes. He can claim that I was not allowing him access to his, ch- his children or child. And we would have to go to court over it. And I would have to prove that I had given him his kids. Well, here's the funny part is because things were so violent between us that we switched kids in the parking lot of the police department because it's under surveillance. And we both concealed carry. We probably would have ended up shooting each other at some point if we didn't do that. Well, he was working in Oklahoma for well over a year. And he quit paying child support and he quit coming to pick the kids up. So I would take my happy ass into the police department every time at 6.15, and I would go up to the officer in the window. He would sign it and date it and state, father did not show up again. That was one of the main reasons I was able to leave, is because when the stupid guy took me to court another time, I was able to prove that he had been living in another state for over a year, not paying child support, and the judge actually looked at him and said... If you're working in another state and not paying child support, why are you making this woman stay here? You're not even seeing your children. Right. That's when I was granted access to leave that state. Yeehaw. Um, But yeah, for Jess, leaving was a little different. He um, did stop going eventually to see his father. His father took me to court, and the last time he saw his dad... Um, his grandfather showed up with his dad and I remember I had to stand 15 feet away. There were two officers present. I had to step away from my car and they had to physically pry him out of my back seat. He was holding on to the bars on the headrest. Oh my God. In the, um, in, on the driver's side. Right. Screaming at the top of his lungs that he didn't want to go. And they physically... They physically took him, they put him between them um, in the vehicle, in the front seat that they were leaving in, and they drove off. And yeah, guys, I got really plastered that night, okay? Um, That's one of the worst things I, as a mother... I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. As a mother, it just broke my heart. Holy shit. The next day, they made him go to services, and of course, after services, everybody comes home and takes a nap, because you can't do fucking anything else. Uh, My son walked up on a 70-mile-an-hour highway. It's uh, two-lane, 70 miles an hour. No. And he went to the little store that's about half a mile from where I used to live. Okay. He kept trying to call me. Oh, And kept trying to call me. And I... So he, like, escaped... He, he For, waited till everybody fell asleep. Oh, my God. Now, we knew the people who owned the store because it was so close to the house. It was a store that everybody in the area stopped at. And they knew your son? Yes. Okay. Well, after about 45 minutes, 
a few people had said something about, you know, the little kid, little boy hanging out outside kept trying to use the payphone. Well, of course, I knew I, 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 anyway, I had unplugged the phone. So he wasn't able to get a hold of me. Oh, my gosh. At this point, the store owners called the police, and they took Jesse back to his dad. And his dad instantly loaded him up in his truck, brought him back to me, was screaming at the top of his lungs. Because it's your fault, I'm sure. He's screaming at the top of his lungs. And I'm not sure if, I hope Jesse doesn't remember this, and I'm really sorry that I'm having to say this, but his dad threw him at me, and he, like, rolled across the parking lot. What? And he scampered up, hid behind me, shaking, and my ex proceeded to tell me what a piece of garbage he was. I was just going to say what a piece of shit, but I'm referring to your ex. Um, that he has, he has the younger brother. He doesn't need him. He has a new wife now and they're going to have a lot of other children that he doesn't need this one. And I think that was pretty much the last time Jesse would hide when his dad would come pick his brother up. I don't blame him. He would literally I don't blame him a bit. He wouldn't go near the doors. He wouldn't go near the windows. And that's another reason I had to get the hell out and get the hell out of that state. Um, I thank y'all for listening. I guess that's pretty much all I have to say on this subject. This was my son's interview and I just wanted to reiterate on those three points because he was probably so young, he didn't realize certain aspects of it. So, and Jesse, thank you again so much for being part of this episode. Yep. And remember guys, if you're in a place that you don't feel right and you need to get the hell out get the hell out and we're still working on getting the resources together please forgive us guys we everybody's lives are doing flip-flops here laura's mine jesse's joe's and about everybody you name else it, any, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're all having crises and it's okay we'll we'll get through this we all have a 100 percent track record of getting through bad days up until this point so Until next time, guys, keep your chins up, and we'll talk to you soon. Alrighty, bye. Bye.